Hello, everyone, and welcome to the premiere of Ronnie Talks. I'm your host, Ronnie, and this episode is being recorded on Monday, November 9th, 2020. I want to thank you all for joining me on this, the first episode of the Ronnie Talks podcast. We have a hell of a show for you. I think we have a pretty good first episode, and hopefully we're going to have a long ride. I hope to keep you entertained. Now my cousin, Louis C. Rhymes, is going to take us in with the intro music. So let's go right into the first episode, and Louis C. Rhymes with me. You wanna talk about it, talk about it. Watch what happened in the room when I walk around it. Watch what happened to your mood when I walk about it. See, my energy is love, boy, I'm all about it, all about it. Me, the one who did it off love. Haters gonna hate, but we ain't, cause we talking about me. But this shit is our son. Ladies, get your man, time to spare, yeah, we talking about me. In the city where I'm from, it's the city of a king, it's the city of a dawn. Me, it's a thing, baby. Get it in, ladies. Boy, I've been waiting, talking about me. Okay, so now I'm joined by Stephanie Kaplan, creator of the blog and website Corporate Woke Place. Stephanie, thank you for joining me on the first episode of Ronnie Talks. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to this one. I think it's uh, super appropriate to the state of the world right now um, with post, post-election um, or many people would say while the election's still in progress um yeah i mean we're talking about political correctness in the workplace um you could find stephanie on twitter at woke place i see you, you've made the jump to parlor at corporate woke place and on yes, facebook I, <laughs> uh, I did and then I, d- I think i did it a little early and nobody was there a few months ago you could also find stephanie on facebook at stephanie kaplan K-A-P-L-A-N, and of course, CorporateWokePlace.com. Um, did I miss anything? Nope, you got it. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, so let's talk about how the blog started. Um, I know you, you kind of gave me some background info. I know you said you've been in corporate HR for about 25 years, and you've seen the politically, collect, the politically correct culture kind of take over corporate America. And um, I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, but the way I want to start is kind of define corporate woke place. Like we all know what um, political correctness is, uh, but the name of your blog is corporate woke place. So can you just define kind of what that means? Sure. What I noticed is that our workplaces have become woke. And woke is the term that is used kind of started on college campuses to sort of stand for those that were especially attuned to social justice. They were woke. Um, And so really our companies, instead of being focused on corporate profits and margins and even their employees to some degree have kind of abandoned that in the effort to be woke. And that shows up in a couple different ways. It shows up with their employees, so the employees that work at these companies, but also the customers who patronize these companies get bombarded with these methods of wokeness. So corporate woke place is just a a play on words because our corporate um, environments in America have become woke. Right, and it makes perfect sense. Um, 
So you said that it started with a concept of corporate social responsibility, which I do believe is a thing. I think corporations, even if you look at it just from a business side, do have some social responsibility because it's it's good business. Let's just put it that way to make it real simple besides the moral aspect of it. Um, and I do agree that customers especially are bombarded by these messages. So how, how long have you been in the field that you're in or how long have you been in corporate America? Um, like, and have you, and how long has it been that you've seen these changes occur over time? Yeah, it's been about 25 years that I've been in corporate HR. Um, and I started, worked my way up to, you know, kind of a junior executive level. Um, and I'm still working in the industry right now. And I first noticed this trend, though, when I worked for Starbucks. So I worked for Starbucks um, in the HR department years ago. And I noticed the focus on corporate social responsibility. And at that point, it was really just about, um, you know, coffee and how they source coffee and you know, fair trade and making sure the farmers got a fair wage in the countries where they grow coffee beans like Costa Rica and Colombia, that kind of thing. Right. So that made sense to me. Started with that. Seemed fair enough. Um, also, there was a focus on, you know, green, using green products in their stores. So they have several stores that were prototypes of using almost all, you know, green recyclable material. So, okay, you know, that's fine. But then it got further into, you know, now they're having their employees wear Black Lives Matter shirt to work. And they've taken up, you know, the causes of refugees, which upset people who said, you know, we have a lot of veterans here and you want to hire refugees. So, you know, there's two sides to every story and there's always different thinking about these things. But Starbucks has angered a lot of people recently with their stance on some of these issues and they just dig in and continue to go further. And have you noticed, because uh, I, I honestly don't know, um, but I do remember when they were uh, having, basically like they were, they made it public that they were hiring refugees. And I do remember that there were basically like veterans and spe people speaking up for veterans that were upset about that. So my question was going to be, do you know that there was any negative effect, whether it be financially or um, whatever it was, for Starbucks continuously being more progressive on issues like this? Well, there definitely was. They got a lot of social media backlash. And unfortunately, we've created an environment now where, you know, speaking up on either side of an issue gets you social media backlash. And if you don't speak up at all, then the woke crowd will really... <laughs> get upset about that because yeah. not saying what they want you to say is almost worse than, you know, saying what they don't believe. So it, it's very dangerous what's going on right now, because if you don't say anything, cause you just want to stay out of it, they will come after you and target your business and yeah. try to get a boycott. And so a lot of companies acquiesce, they bend the knee, they say what it is that, they think people want to hear whether they believe it or not. It's hard to know. They just want it to go away. It's but, like a gangster mentality for a lot of these folks. And it's all mostly done on social media. But to your point also, it, it, it almost doesn't matter which side of the coin you land on. Um, you're going to receive some backlash one way or another. Um, and I guess we can decide 
which side is right and which side is wrong individually. I'm sure we'll probably touch on one or two things in this conversation. Um, But let's start. So we we, we got kind of your business background and how you you developed your kind of point of view on the political correctness and how it changed and it eventually became a corporate woke place. So what what was the reason for starting the blog and the website? Well, so I just got fed up one day, basically. It's kind of how a lot of things start in the world, right? Sure. So I'd been working for this company um, for a little over a year when the pandemic started, and then the whole George Floyd riot started, right? So we were all kind of locked at home, working from home, and all of these things were going on in the world. And um, when George Floyd was killed, all these companies were sending emails that they were so saddened and shocked and wanted to do something. And they sent all these, you know, virtual signaling emails about what they were going to do to fight systemic racism in America. So my company was doing a pretty good job keeping out of the fray, I thought, at the first couple of weeks. And then I think the CEO just had been watching all the other companies, you know, make a statement. And he was watching the news coverage, and so he decided he wanted to make a statement. Um, I believe it was a heartfelt statement from him. I don't think he was, you know, pandering at all. I think he really felt this way because he got very emotional. And he just said that, you know, he was upset about the systemic racism in America, and he read some book that made him realize that America was a racist country. And so, therefore, he was going to donate on behalf of all the employees $100 each to basically Black Lives Matter. So um, it was that um, Black Lives Matter, that's Black Lives Matter, the organization? Yep. Okay. Yep. And so I was really upset about that because I don't believe in the organization of Black Lives Matter. I am opposed to what they stand for. Um, I don't object to the term Black Lives Matter because I think that all lives matter, including Black Lives But I don't subscribe to the orthodoxy that America's racist and that white police officers go to work to to kill black people. I just, the the numbers aren't there. The statistics don't prove that. Also, Black Lives Matter is a known Marxist organization that doesn't believe in the nuclear family and is not supportive of the state of Israel. So not an organization I want to get behind. I'm Um. Jewish. And I was offended by that. And so not only did they donate over $200,000 on behalf of the employees to this organization, but they asked us to donate as well. And that crossed a line to me. And I kind of snapped and said, I have to do something. So did they, like, how did, uh, how did they go about it? Did they just, you know, like make an announcement one day, hey, we decided that this is what's going to happen? Or was there some input from coworkers? You know, how, uh, or did it happen overnight? I don't know. It was it was in an all-employee meeting that we had. It was a regular weekly meeting that we had to just talk about stuff. We'd started doing this during the pandemic, so everyone could hop on the call and, you know, hear what was going on and with the world and, you know, how the pandemic was impacting our business and things like that. So it was just, he just got on one day and said, you know, I'm really upset about this and I don't know what to do and here's what I want to do and, and all of that. So I was shocked, and you know, you can give comments during the meeting. People can submit comments, and the comments are all public. And 
most people were like, yay, this is great. Let's do it. And then I saw a few other people saying, are you also going to donate to groups that, you right. know, fight um, yep. Hispanic If you're going to do one, you have to do Or them female all. discrimination. Right. right. By not or, donating to them, you are discriminating. Right. Exactly. And because I know a lot about Black Lives Matter and what it's really about and that none of the money that you give to them goes to anything other than activism. Well, well, um, well some of their money might be the reason why this election isn't over yet. But It uh, probably is. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Wouldn't be surprised. But I just found it offensive that they would ask us to donate. And they wanted us to donate publicly and, and you know, tell people. I well, donated. Well, that then what if you don't donate? Then your name doesn't get on right. the list. And that was just truly offensive to me. And I couldn't let that stand. And I just um, well, decided I need to do something to fight against this. Well, you said it right there. You know, the, I mean, they wanted it to be public. That was the reason, you know, right there. And I and I got to say, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I envy someone that can read something and wake up the next day like they had an epiphany because I, I don't think that could ever happen to me. Um, and I'm with you. I don't subscribe to, uh, the thought of, uh, that this is a racist com uh, country. Um, and I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I, I would be upset too if anybody thought they were going to force me, number one, to donate to something I didn't want to. And number two, donate to something that, whether you believe what they are, which comes right out of their mouth or not, um, that you just don't agree with. Um, and I think that it doesn't belong in the workplace. So to your point, um, it is getting worse and worse. And I think it's happening now at a faster rate since all of that has happened in, um, what was that, March uh, till now? It was, yeah, it was, I think, June that all the riots started. Because I think, I think that George Floyd was killed on Memorial Day weekend. Oh, I think you're right. I it believe. just seems like yeah, it was longer than that. Yeah, I think the riots started right after. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, um, so what do you think about that? Like, do you think that since then, it has, it's been moving even faster? You mean in terms of political correctness in the workplace? Well, I wouldn't really call it political correctness, because I don't even think it's that anymore. But just... What you said, like, like what, right, wokeness, right, what yeah. you said earlier about how things are being forced upon people. Well, I think so, because you have a couple things going on in the workplaces right now that are impacting it. You have this, this notion of critical race theory, which is that, you know, all white people are racist, and the only way to fix it is to do reparations and things like that. So you actually have companies who are really getting into doing this for their employees, um, and it's it's required, and you have to go. And they're teaching things like it's okay to you know, wear a shirt to work that says Black Lives Matter, but it's not okay to wear a shirt that says Blue Lives Matter. Goodyear did that. And has anyone um, has anyone where you work been reprimanded for wearing something that's you know no. would be considered, I guess, against Black Lives Matter, like a Blue Lives Matter shirt or a Trump shirt or something like that? Well, most companies have a policy of just no slogans. Right. Most, which is better. I, I yeah. think most did, but I think yes. everyone's getting away from that now. Yeah, I have not seen that at my company, but we're all remote, but there's still cameras and things like that. But we do have a no slogan rule, which I think is a great rule, and I yeah. think everyone should have them. But Goodyear did this training, this anti-bias you know, training, 
uh, for their employees, at least one of their plans. I don't know if it was company wide, and they had it up on a slide. I wrote I wrote a blog article about it. Um, it was called Good Grief Good Year because they had on the slide, you know, you, you can wear Black Lives Matter, but you can't wear Blue Lives Matter. I'm sure you also couldn't wear, you know, something that says I'm pro-life or, right. you know, any of those things. Well, and the rationale was that Black Lives Matter is not a political statement. Well, it absolutely is. Um, it's, it's ludicrous right. to say right. that it's not. Right, right. The- the statement taken out of context is not a political statement, but the statement used the way people are using it is absolutely being used for, for a political agenda. Of course. So they got they got pretty hammered on social media, Goodyear did, because someone recorded the training and linked it. Um, but a lot of these companies are hiring, you know, diversity and inclusion specialists or diversity inclusion leaders. Yeah, I and want I wanted to ask you about that too. What what is yeah. that exactly? What's a diversity well, so, and inclusion leader? That's a good question. So what they do is they lead the diversity and inclusion functions for the organization. And I, when I worked at Starbucks, I, you know, these people were there back then. So this isn't really a new phenomenon. A lot of companies have had them for a while, but it has exploded. If you go on LinkedIn and type in under the jobs area, diversity and inclusion, you will find dozens, if not hundreds of jobs openings in any major metro city right now because every company that doesn't have one thinks they need one because of george floyd right situation which is you know interesting um so every company's doing it at this point what they do is they you know try to advance the causes of diversity inclusion throughout the organization so they'll work with recruiting to make sure that there's diverse slates available candidates for certain level jobs. They'll do some analytics. They will work with employee resource groups, which are basically, you know, groups of different minority organizations. It might be a female one, which obviously females aren't really a minority, um, but there'll be, you know, a black employee resource group and a Hispanic and a gay and lesbian. All of those different groups have, they form at these companies and the diversity folks help, you know, make sure that they're providing support to the employee resource so, group or maybe the local gay pride parade or something like so that. So would it be more, would it be fair to rename it to a diversity and segregation leader? <laughs> well, I would. <laughs> That's what I would call it personally. I don't think it's necessary. I think, you know, if you just treat everyone right. as human beings. You keep pointing and, out the differences between people yeah. and it's going to make a difference. And so it's really infected the environment, which is, which is, you know, it's such a shame because I kind of like to go to work and not have to talk about politics or right. think about it, but it's, it's virtually impossible to do that. And it even went so far as a CEO of a company called Expensify about a week or two ago, I guess it had been more than a week ago, probably two weeks ago, <laughs> sent out an email, not just to his employees, but to all of their customers, all the reasons why everyone should vote for Joe Biden. Oh yeah. Uh, I believe they're being invested. I believe they're being investigated for that also for trying to I influence the that. election. They should be. Cause to me, that sounds like election interference. You're yeah. actively campaigning, but they sent it to their customers, 10 million users. Well, that should be an invasion of privacy. It absolutely is. And some companies immediately dropped them for that. and went to one of their competitors. Well, yeah, that, that good. <laughs> so, yeah. so those are people being woke in the, in the right, sense of the word yes i call that unwoke personally there you go unwoke even better right (laughs) going against going against the woke crowd so um 
you mentioned earlier one of the blogs that you had wrote about, which was the the Goodyear one, Good Grief Goodyear. Um, so yeah. let I want to talk a little bit. Uh, we'll get off a little bit of what we were talking about. I want to talk a little more about the website and the blog because uh, it's it's a little interesting. I went on the website and it's it's definitely more than just the blog. Um, let's put it that way. I mean, you have the wall of fame, the wall of shame here. Um, I think it's pretty cool. So um, for people, obviously, that can't see it right now that are listening, just kind of can you kind of describe the website, what's on it, how it works? Sure. So um, I try to focus, like I said, not only from an employee perspective, but also from a customer perspective and tell the stories. Because half the time when I talk to people about, hey, did you hear what Goodyear did? Or did you hear that um, they changed the name of Eskimo Pies? Or, you know, they're getting rid of Aunt Jemima, right? People, a lot of people don't know. They don't know that that happened. I mean, it's so hard to keep up with the news cycle these days, right? And for some reason, I just seem to find these stories or they find me and I just, I don't have to look that hard to find them because there's so many examples. Mm -hmm. So I try to tell the stories from those different perspectives and just let people know what's going on. And there's not really anyone else writing solely in this space, at least not that I've found. There's, you know, some business magazines that will write about Woke Capital or they'll tell the story about this issue or that issue, but they also write about all these other news things. So I'm really trying to stay focused in this space because, again, I haven't seen anyone else specializing here. And I think it's important to talk about because people don't realize what's going on. And um, so, yes, I do have articles that are longer about, you know, that are a little more in-depth about I, I try to present, you know, the stuff I see that I don't agree with as well as the stuff I see that I think is great where a company stands up to this and says, no, we're, we're not going to play this game. We're going to run our company the way we want. So I tell stories about that. And then I also, yeah, I have a wall of shame and a wall of fame. So if it's just kind of a quick hit, something I just want to put on there, um, again, it's things that I think are great and things that I think are not so great. Um, I think we're starting to see a little bit of a backlash to this whole thing. I think it's going to take a really long time, though, to um, fully move back to a place that's a little more balanced where we just kind of keep this stuff out of the workplace. So that, le- that yeah, exactly. That leads me to a question that I thought of um, because of something you mentioned before. Um, so who do we blame, right? So when did this start? Because I was taught as a child, you leave your politics at home, especially not at work. That was the most important place where you did not discuss politics. Um, the second was at the dinner table. Um, and uh, yeah, so so who do we blame? What generation are we blaming for bringing this political correctness and corporate wokeness into corporate America and into well, the workplace? Great, yeah, that's a great question. I'll tell you what I think. I don't have any empirical data necessarily to back me up but that's okay i, I believe am, you yeah i'm 50 <laughs> years old so i graduated college in the 90s i'm in my early 50s i should say um graduated college in the early 90s so when i was going to college these professors were pretty marxist back then and i went to a you know major university and they were teaching this Marxist stuff and this, you know, postmodernism, um, which is where you see the wokeness that, you know, they like Marxism. They like postmodernism. Oh yeah. Colleges that's, that's, are like, are like breeding yep. grounds. 
Yep. Especially and so, now. Exactly. And so it's only gotten worse since the mid, you know, the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. It's only gotten worse. So you've got 25 plus years since then of it getting progressively worse. And so I think that what's happened is people who, you know, subscribed to this when they went to college and thought that this, you know, ideology sounded valid to them. Well, what happened to them? Well, eventually they got into the workplace, right? And they've moved their way up. Some of them started dot coms at a young age and, you know, were millionaires like Mark Zuckerberg right? Um, and others, right? And then some maybe took a little longer to get to run companies and they've come around to this. So I blame the universities, number one, and I blame the media also well, because they don't tell the truth it, and they're in that all in case, on this stuff. In that case, nothing's changed at all. Because <laughs> uh, social media doesn't help either. No, it doesn't. But it there's a way to use it, and then there's a way to basically absorb it, like the news media. You know, where you just take what you see and 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 you run with it. Um, right. I think social media can be a very good and entertaining tool, but yeah, I I think people go on social media see what see what it is, and they just digest what's what's in front of them. Well, and they just say such hateful, vile things. Oh, it's okay to do that, you yeah. know, apparently. Because they wouldn't say to someone's face. Right. But I, they'll say it online. I agree with that. But unfortunately, I'm of the belief that people are just kind of mostly not that great. And, um, you know, people are always going to take advantage in a situation where they can take advantage and get away with it. True. But I think it's also raised the vitriol level to a point where you see what's going on in our country. You have two versions of the truth. Right. You have, we don't know, nobody knows what the truth is anymore because the media is lying. Everyone's in self-defense mode. Yeah. And everybody just wants to win. And so we've, Oh, that's all it's about. That's all it's about is, uh, is my side won, your side lost. Nobody even knows what they're talking about anymore. Right. And it's really unfortunate because a, a country I don't think can survive doing it this way forever. No, and the sad part is, is all great empires fall. It's just a matter of yep. when. And uh, I'm not saying we're falling, but the way uh, oh, we might be right. Well, the way things are trending, you never know what could happen. Right. Um, so let's go back to you mentioned uh, that a lot of companies, um, big name companies were doing things like forcing Black Lives Matter on employees or T-shirts or, um, you know, like you said, uh, at your workplace, you know, donations. And so let's talk about a couple of those bigger name companies that people may have seen on the news or heard about or read about when things happened with them. Um, I know there was one specifically that you wanted to talk about. Well, I think I mentioned that there's also a couple that are doing it right. Yeah, but I, I was, I was, just, I was gonna bring up Goya and kind of okay. the how they, you know, what happened to them and and then the result. If you kind of yeah. want to run us through that. Yep, I can run you through that. So Goya Foods is a Hispanic uh, food manufacturer. Delicious, by the way. What was that? <laughs> I said delicious, by the way. Yeah, well, I hadn't actually ever really heard of them. I think I'd probably really? passed by there. Yeah, I had not heard of them until oh, the story came out. Big, big New York uh, item. It must be. Well, and in Texas it is too. I just had never True. eaten it. True. A lot of Spanish in Texas. It. 
but once I heard the name and I, well, let me tell the story and then, and then I'll tell you what okay. happened. But, um, so the CEO of Goya, Fu Goya Foods is a Hispanic man. He emigrated to this country and he now runs this company in America. So total success story. Yep. Um, what America, what the American dream is, right, for so many people. Um, I think he might have been from Cuba, but I don't know exactly. But it was it was another country, and he came here, didn't know any English, the whole fact deal. fact check that right now. Yeah, so <laughs> he, he works at this company, he works his way up, he's running the company. He gets invited to the White House earlier this year for some, you know, Hispanic business initiative. So he goes to the, to the White House, and he meets with President Trump and a bunch of other Hispanic leaders, and they talk about, you know, how to help Hispanic people. So the, the woke crowd on, you know, Twitter and other social media found out about this. It wasn't a secret. I mean, that, you know, these events are publicized and televised and all over the place. So they found out, and they, they were incensed, and they started a boycott, and they were literally videotaping themselves throwing cans of Goya beans in the trash, which why you wouldn't just give it to a food bank, I don't know, but that's another story. But, and they were posting this all over social media. I will never buy another Goya product. I'm so upset. Boycott Goya. Even, you know, people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the congresswoman from New York, who's very woke. She even got in on it, too. And, She's you know, a couple worst. other semi-famous people, um, you know, said, we got to boycott. Well, they wanted him to back down and apologize for meeting with President Trump. And he said, not apologizing. I got invited to the White House for this initiative and I went and that's it. He did not back down, which good for him. And he donates and a lot of money. He does. That company donates a lot of money yep. and a lot of food products yep. to all kinds of good, you know, non-political causes. Yep. It's not a, this isn't a political guy and it's not a political company. He's just trying to do good in the world and give right. back to the communities. Right. Well, so the boycott kind of backfired. And the conservative folks who heard about the boycott said, you know, I'm going to go buy some of their stuff. And so then people started posting, you know, pictures of empty Goya shelves at their supermarket because it had all been cleared out. So I went after the, the hubbub died down. I went to my local grocery store and, and spent some money on some of the stuff. Some of it I ate and it was good. And some of it I just bought to donate to the food bank. I'm not that into spicy foods, but they have all kinds of stuff. I had no idea. Yeah, they make all, all kinds. Yeah, all kinds of Spanish food. You get your yeah. yellow rice. You get your black beans. Your kidney beans. You, yeah, you get everything. A little yeah. adobo. So, yeah. So there's all. I had no idea there was so many of those products out there, but so I wanted to support them. But I also heard even after that that their sales are fine. They're even up. They're expanding one of their manufacturing plants and you know they're doing just fine so the boycott didn't work thank goodness but you know thank goodness that the ceo said i'm not going to kowtow to you and i'm not going to apologize for what i did because i have nothing to apologize for do you think the financial backlash wouldn't have been positive that he probably would have had a loss if he did bow down to the woke crowd you know i don't know i mean it's hard to say because i think that the two sides kind of war at each other and they kind of neutralize each other a little bit but I think, you know, possibly, I don't know how many conservatives were buying the stuff before and would they have stopped if he apologized? It's hard to say. Um, I was just glad to see someone finally stand up and say no. So give me some examples of uh, something you alluded to before. A few of the companies who are doing it, um, what you say, the, the right way. 
or some well, of the ones that haven't backed down. Yeah, that's the that's one main one is Goya Foods. Another one is Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trader Joe's is a supermarket chain. They're not in every state in America, but they're in a lot of the western states. And they're getting Texas, bigger and bigger. Yeah, the, no, they they're in New York too. Oh, they are now. Okay, oh, yeah. Well, they've expanded then. I've been going there since I was young. I mean, I, my kids would probably starve if Trader Joe's went out of business. I mean, <laughs> it's it's. I spend a lot of money there. Um, so a high school student started a petition online because she felt that the food labels, Trader Jose's, which is their Mexican line of food products, Trader Ming's, which is the Asian line, and Trader Giotto's, which is the Italian line, that those labels were racist. So, Holt, I don't know if you can answer this question, but was the person that started that petition any one of those nationalities? Do you know that? I think, well, I'm not sure the article that I read didn't specify, but I think she might have been Hispanic. Okay. But I don't know. I can't say for sure. But it was a high school student in California. I do know that. They didn't give her a name, probably because they didn't want Does it, to. It doesn't surprise me that it was someone from yeah. California. Yeah, it was someone from California. So <laughs> this, this high school student got 2,500 signatures, which isn't a lot. I mean, I could get no. that many for anything if right. I tried hard enough. Right. So presented it to Trader Joe's. Um, and at first, Trader Joe's said that they were going to change the names. And I was really upset. And I was actually starting to write the blog post. The name of the blog post was going to be Adios Trader Jose's hmm. because I was so upset that they did this. Right. Um, so I'm writing the blog post and, you know, some of them take me an hour and some of them I kind of come back to and it might take a week or so just to, you know, do more research or put it away for a while and come back to it. Um, so this one had taken me a little bit longer, I think partially because I was so emotionally upset about the whole thing because I've been such a fan of Trader Joe's and I couldn't believe they were going to do this, and it was so so ridiculous to me. But anyways, before I was getting ready to publish that article, um, I saw that they had reversed course and decided we are not going to change our food labels. We're keeping them as they are. So then I changed the name to Muy Bien Trader Jose <laughs> and um, wrote, the, wrote the post and, and put it on there. Um, and I told the story about how, you know, initially they said they were going to cave, and now they're not, and, and good for them. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty great. Um, that they're not. I I did see that article and happened too. That they're not going to change anything. I don't think they should. Um, no. I th- my my whole thing was I made like a Facebook post, a sarcastic Facebook post when this all first started, when they were changing Aunt Jemima and everything else, and I said, you know, if you're gonna do this, you can't. Like, where's the line? Where do you stop? So I had, you know, basically used like a bunch of examples and I was saying how, you know, the Statue of Liberty, for example, is supposed to represent equality of all men, but it wasn't given to us at a time where all men were equal. So get rid of the Statue of Liberty, you know, like just crazy things. And and it, it really is like, where, where do you stop once you let it keep going? You know, like, where do you draw the line? Because to the point of some of your coworkers that you said had complained about the donations and said, well, if you're going to donate to this, then how are you, how are you not going to donate to this? And I think it just gets pushed too far. And one of like yep. almost the main places where it started wasn't even recent. Uh, I don't know if you're going to agree with me about this, but the NFL with Colin Kaepernick, I kind of want to, oh, yeah. 
I, I want to ask you about that because that was, I think, corporate wokeness at at its broadest, I guess, or on its grandest stage. Um, what do you think about that situation? Yeah, so that's interesting. So I get um, family and friends sending me stuff from the sports world and the, the media and entertainment world all the time, and I've tried to stay away from that just because um, I think those are their own blogs. Like, I think you could you could start your own site just on wokeness in sports and wokeness in media and entertainment. Um, so I'm trying to stay to, like, more corporate-type companies, but eventually I may, you know, add other divisions or other sites for those things because it is, you know, wokeness in sports. I think it's ruining sports. I think, it, I think wokeness really ruins everything it touches. But in terms of the NFL, I do think that was – a watershed moment when, you know, the NFL said it's okay to kneel because Colin Kaepernick wanted to. Um, and I think it sent a, a very dangerous message personally. So a I, little bit, you know, a, a little bit of backstory on that was that Colin Kaepernick apparently did get, uh, speak to some veterans and got their blessing on it. Um, but kind of the, the more of the question I was asking was less about the message and it was more about, so let me put it this way. The way I look at it is that I look at it from more of a corporate and a business standpoint. Um, and I say it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You're protesting at work. You're an employee. No, the NFL is not your employer. But at the time, the San Francisco 49ers were there was his employer. And, um, you know, it's just not the type of thing that you do at work. I don't care what stage you're on at work, you you have just as big of a stage off TV than you do on when you're making someone else's money, as well as your own. Yep, I definitely agree with that. And I also think that, you know, their ratings tanked. So from yes, a business this model year especially. Yeah, it wasn't a good it wasn't a good business decision because you're gonna upset, especially in this polarized world we have, you know, you're if you're gonna upset half of your fan base why bother right and the nascar has been kind of getting into that a little bit too well yeah well that turned out to be uh a lot made about nothing um yep so i mean the whole for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about we're talking about the the bubba wallace uh quote unquote noose situation um but even with the nba i mean the nba when they did their bubble season um they had I, i think it was black lives matter on the sides of the court and they let the uh, players put some type of they had they had like four messages to choose from instead of having their last name on their jerseys. And as soon as the season was over and they basically got all the ratings in from the championship, they decided that next year none of that will be happening. Right, which was a better business decision because their right. business cratered. Yep, yep. So let me uh, just uh, I. Th- I think uh, we kind of ran through everything, so let me just ask, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to talk about? I think we covered a lot. (laughs) Um, So I think we probably got it all. Those are the the main highlights. Like I said there, I do want to focus more on companies doing it right, and I think that's important. And I'm hoping to have more examples of that than the companies that I think are doing it wrong, and I'm hoping that the the script will flip at some point right now. It's, it's a little harder to find those 
positive examples. Well, with that but said, they are out there. is there anything we can look forward to in the near future or anything you have coming for us on uh, the blog or the website? Well, I am um, working on an article about a company that offered their employees um, a severance package to leave if they didn't want to work there anymore because they decided they weren't going to be political. Wow. So that, I'm excited to launch that. I'm also looking to release a um, guide for holiday gifts for folks that don't want to give money to these woke corporations and want to support you know, companies that are just about, you know, maybe made in the USA or just staying out of any politics altogether. Um, I'm working on a list for that for the holidays. All right. Well, that they that those two things definitely sound like something to look forward to, especially the one about the uh, the business that's just giving away money for people to leave. That sounds very interesting. Um, so yes. to wrap it up, this is Stephanie Kaplan. Follow her on Twitter at WokePlace, on Parlor at Corporate WokePlace, on Facebook, Stephanie Kaplan. That's Kaplan with a K. And uh, check out CorporateWokePlace.com. Check out the blog. Stephanie, thank you for coming. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you for helping me get through the first episode. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Ronnie Talks. And that's it, Stephanie. Y'all talk chains just like two cent. I'm finna drop bombs. It's all for you, Flex. Cause Louie made a banger, so y'all can two step. They tryna put me on like I'm on a new set. These other rappers blow like they on balloon tips. My name is in their mouth when they talking. Who's next? Finna get it in like I'm on some new set. Me, the one who did it off love. Haters gonna hate, but we ain't cause we talking about me. But this shit is outside. Ladies, get your man, tongue to spare. Yeah, we talking about me. In the city, brown from the city of a king. I'm right around the who shot y'all I know is I'ma hit him up And I'm a little much I'm right around Brooklyn Look here, when I want her, she gon' give it up And I'ma need a bigger blunt Y'all just want the smoke I just wanna fill my holes in my soul and live it up I'm never gonna give it up When it come to rhyming, I'ma lie You just in my diet, you a little cub We was never in the clubs We was in the pub, in the cut Getting drunk, looking all belligerent And we was never in the front Wanna be in first, gotta put in work With a smirk like a winner does It has never been enough I need a dollar done drinking out the bottle let me holler i can rip it up i've never been to prison but my bar's harder than the dirt in the earth or the turf when the winter comes me the one who did it off love haters gonna hate but we ain't cause we talking about me but this shit is outside ladies get your man time to spare yeah we talking about me in the city where i'm from it's the city of a king it's the city of a dog me it's a thing baby get it in ladies where i've been waiting talking about the game by the balls making calls like
like a referee I drop your jaw like you watching documentaries She want it all, she don't want anything from mentally I tell her I can murder beast, but then she ain't accessory I'm trying to kill this, yeah, I can feel this It feels like a movie, like I am Will Smith But I'm not a slewy, I'm on some real-ish I'm just trying to move some paper like my name is Phyllis Back up, back up, back up, don't stop I am crack on the beat, don't have to smoke rock With the track, I'm a fiend, gonna have to go cop I am out on the bay, you have your boat docked I can give you bars like I'm the gold stock Lyrically, I'm large like I'm the boat Boy, I'm spitting fire like I'm the stove top And if they want the smoke, then I'm the smoke shout me The one who did it off love Haters gonna hate, but we ain't Cause we talking about me But this shit is outside 